man, God is moving and God is speaking. I, I hope I can get through this. Just, just the tangible presence of God is so, so thick right now. Um, I want to I share on waiting. And for me, uh, I, I'm someone that has always struggled to wait. I want everything now. And we live in a culture of instant gratification and you can have everything at your fingertips, hey? But, you know, we, we do know that, that actually that there is good that comes from waiting. There's even a few common sayings that we've heard that good things come to those who wait or, you know, some of the best things in life are worth waiting for, right? But, you know, with God, there's more than just a saying here. That actually with God, that there's something in waiting, on him that he has for us. The scripture tells us that patience is a fruit of the spirit. It tells us that, that patience is a valued character of God's. There's something about waiting. And I think something even more significant just about than patience is that, and how it impacts our lives, is that actually blessing follows waiting. That when we wait on God, blessing follows. And in the book of Isaiah, and sometimes I think I feel like the people that are being addressed in this scripture, but in the book of Isaiah, we see that it's, it's addressing a people that are perhaps a bit obstinate, a bit, uh, a bit on a mission with their own agenda. They want to do things their way. And, and look at what God says. Look at the graciousness of God. It says in Isaiah 30, 18, it says, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. The Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a good, is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. Blessed are those who wait for him. You see, there's something incredible about the mystery of waiting on God. And this is where I want to go. I, I want to look even deeper, and I want to look at waiting on the Holy Spirit. I want to focus on waiting on the Holy Spirit. And we're going to pick up in the book of Acts, and I want to take some time and just teach, and then we are going to practice waiting. But there's some stuff that we've got to talk through. We've got to be on the same page on before we start waiting for the Holy Spirit. You've got to understand these pillars, because this is where we stand when we wait. This is where we can plant our feet. So I'm going to look at this scripture in Acts 1. This is a very significant part of, the, of what happened after the resurrection of Jesus. And the, uh, Luke's writing this, and he's looking back at what happened over this time, and he says this. He says, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented to them, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wait. And he says, then, then they began, uh, sorry, then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, 
Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the time or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Spirit For when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, when we read this scripture and we consider the Jews, this is a time where they were under the oppression of the Romans. And Jesus had spent all this time with them talking about um, the, the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God was coming, and all they wanted, and even in their time with Jesus after he returned, was, okay, you're alive, Jesus. Can you just restore things back to the way that they were? Can you just restore our kingdom, the kingdom of Israel, like the days of old of the mighty kings? Can you just restore and deal with the oppressors, deal with these Romans? You see them, you're like, are you going to do it now, Jesus? But how many of you know that God's ways are different than our ways? His ways are different than our ways. His response is, no, no, wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. I have something I, I want to do. I have something that's significant. <laughs> he says, Wait. Wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. He says, wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you've heard me speak about. And then he goes on and references that that he's going to baptize them in the Holy Spirit, that this is something that's significant. It's going to be life-changing, and and going forward, they're going to need it. I think, honestly, if, if we were to ask the disciples and go back to this moment, the disciples, if they had the option to choose Jesus to just stay with them and restore the kingdom of Israel to the way things that they were, or wait for this Holy Spirit that they didn't really fully understand, they would have chose Jesus. I think for many of us, we would probably choose Jesus too. But you know, we miss something. We miss something. Jesus said this in John 16, 7. He said, very rarely I say, very um, But verily, truly, I say to you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. You know, other translations say it's better for you that I go. It's better. It was better that he ascended to heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf, and sending the Holy Spirit to us. It was better. It was better. He said, wait. Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit. It's so important for us that we understand what he was doing here. He said, wait for the Holy Spirit. Because when we look at this, you see, we understand why Jesus went to the cross and why he ascended to heaven. He didn't do that to restore the kingdom. And Jesus didn't go to the cross to restore our little kingdoms. He didn't do it to save our earthly kingdoms and to save our culture and to save our nation. That's not why Jesus went to the cross. And I'm sorry, Jesus didn't go to the cross so that we can live a comfortable life. It's not why he went. This is challenging, but it's true, and there's such power in this if we can follow where he's going. See, Jesus died to bring you into relationship and right standing with the Father. He went to the cross to bring us into right standing with the Father. And then in that place, it says that he commissions us, right? He gives us the baptism of the Holy Spirit for purpose to be a witness. He brings us into this kingdom, right? 
to be a witness for him so the kingdom can come in our lives and through our lives. And we actually have to understand that revelation first before we can dive into the depths of the Holy Spirit. We have to understand, well, what was Jesus doing? Why do we need the Holy Spirit? And I want to say that for many of us, I think we will always struggle to understand why we need the Holy Spirit if we don't understand the revelation that Jesus is teaching us here. We need the Holy Spirit, but we're not going to understand the depths of who he is until we understand why Jesus went to heaven and the purpose that he has for you and I. Are you following me? So the, the first thing that I want to say, it's a, it's a pillar for us in this, and it comes with a question and it has an answer, and that is, who is he? Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is Jesus talking about? He's not talking about a force. He's not talking about a mysterious power. He's talking about God himself. We are waiting on the Holy Spirit, which means we are waiting for the creator of heaven and earth. That should do something for us. It should do something for us. We shouldn't take it casually when we're waiting on the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't take it casually. Man, if you got to go and meet some significant, high up, famous person, and you had the opportunity, you would stand there, you would wait, you would wear your best, you would shower. It would be a big deal. You wouldn't take it casually. And you wouldn't be rushed when you were in his presence. You wouldn't be rushed. It's not like we're waiting for our spouse to return from the grocery store. When we're, sorry, unless you're hungry. <laughs> there should be a hunger in us for him. And when we wait on him, there should be this expectation. There's an honor and there's a reverence when we acknowledge that we are waiting for the Holy Spirit, who is God. He's fully God. What does this mean? It means that he's co-equal, co-eternal, co-powerful with God the Father and God the Son. So for us, that means that when we look at Scripture, we read it, we see that the Holy Spirit is triune. That means he's three in one. He's part of the Trinity. God is three in one. He's one of. You know, in John 14, 16, it says this. It says, and I will ask the Father, just as Jesus speaking, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. That word another in the Greek is alon. It means exactly alike. Not sort of similar, not like a kind of different twin. It means exactly alike. That word advocate or counselor for us means parakletos. That's the Greek word. What does that mean? It means the one that comes alongside, the one that advises us. Scripture tells us many things about who the Holy Spirit is. It tells us that he is the spirit of truth, that he is the one that will guide us, that he is the helper, that he is the counselor, that he testifies about Jesus. It also says that he's the comforter. And he comforts us two ways. The first one that we probably think of most is the way that when we need comfort and we're hurt and we're going through, th through something that's hard and challenging and we just need the presence of God. I've been there. God comes, the Holy Spirit comes and he comforts. But he also comes to comfort us when we're uncomfortable, 
Remember the scripture says that the Holy Spirit comes so that we would be witnesses. And then it says we got to go to places to be witnesses, Judea, Samaria. That the, the, what he's saying is that we're to be witnesses not just here in our sphere of influence, but to our neighbors and to nations around the world. God has purpose for us, and that can be uncomfortable. The Holy Spirit wants us to witness. That can be uncomfortable. But the Holy Spirit wants to comfort and give us courage and a boldness. Amen? So as we read Scripture, we see... How, how incredible the Holy Spirit is as part of the Godhead. And, and he needs to be honored as such. You see, the Holy Spirit is not an optional extra that we just get to avoid because we don't understand him. He's not an option, optional extra, friends. He's not an optional extra. So what else do I see? What's another great question that leads to some more answers? The question is, well, why should we wait for him? probably have a few reasons, but I think I want to answer that just by explaining two levels in which the Holy Spirit intertwines into, into our lives. There's two levels in which he does this, and the first one for us is that he is living inside us. It's my second point. There's one more coming. It's that he's living inside us. I'm referring to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You know, we often talk about the Holy Spirit uh, as the river of God, and we reference the river of God and the flow of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, for us, when we're talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, this means actually that we're ankle deep, if you want an example of that river. We're ankle deep, right? We're, we're here, we're in the river, we're, we're experiencing the flow of God. We should wait on God because he's here right now. The scripture says that the Holy Spirit comes and lives and dwells inside us. So even as we're praying and we're worshiping and we invite the Holy Spirit to come, friends, he's already here. We're just simply asking for more, that he would come and pour out in a greater measure. He's already here. In Romans 8, 9, it, it says this for us. It says, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. And if the Spirit of God lives in you, and if and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. This is indwelling. This means that the scripture tells us that he's the deposit in our lives that is the guarantee of the full payment, right? The full payment of salvation. He's the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. It talks about it in Ephesians 1.13. It says that, friends, at the moment of conversion, when we choose Jesus as Lord and Savior, that the Holy Spirit comes and he dwells in us. And he's the stamp of approval. He seals what Jesus did in our lives. And no one can take that away. He guarantees this coming inheritance where we get to go spend eternity with our Father in heaven. You see, the Holy Spirit for us shouldn't be treated like a vending machine. The Holy Spirit is a part of us and he's living inside us now. And he's watching everything we're saying and everything we're doing. And the Holy Spirit wants to walk with us as believers. 
assuring us, sanctifying us, fellowshipping with us, leading us, guiding us, teaching us, inspiring us, and giving gifts to us. But wait, there's more. There's more. So there's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but there's more. You see, the Holy Spirit is a gift that keeps on giving. The third point I want to say for us is that he wants to empower us. The Holy Spirit wants to empower us. Not only is he our counselor dwelling inside of us and guiding us, but he comes to empower us, friends. In Acts 1-4, as we were reading, it says, Wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you've heard me speak about. John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In verse 8 it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit came in Acts 2. So Jesus tells them, and we hear the reference as Luke teaches in Acts 1, and if you go a little further into Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, we see them waiting They were obedient. Jesus said, wait. They could have ran ahead. I can't imagine what we would read in the scripture if they didn't wait. But they waited, and the power of God came, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit because they chose to wait. They chose to wait. You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit for us is for all believers This is for all believers. It's an invitation. It's for us today. This word baptism means immersion. And it's used figuratively when we talk about immersion in that it's the experience that's overwhelming and transforming. When we go back to that analogy about the river of God, if if ankle deep is what happens at conversion for us when we choose Jesus as Lord and Savior, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is us swimming in that river, friends. It's us fully immersed, experiencing the overflow and the power of God as he's moving through us. And God has this for us. But it's not just about a feeling. It isn't just so that we can run around and play in the water and it's all about me. That's not the purpose of the Holy Spirit here. We can miss the purpose. The purpose is to empower us for purpose, to be what? A witness. And God wants us to be immersed in him. He wants to fill us to overflowing. There's so much we can say on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I just want to say a few comments here that are really key for you, and I'll show you where you can find out some more information. But these are some really important things for us that I want to say is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes when we wait. We can't move past that. The Holy Spirit comes And this piece of baptism, the immersion, that overflowing, that comes from waiting. The Holy Spirit does not force himself on you. He comes by invitation. He comes by invitation. And often the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes through the laying on of hands. We see instruction through New Testament that there's something imparted as we lay hands and we pray for people, that there's something that happens. It's one of the ways, and we're instructed to do that. But you know what? God is so wonderfully mysterious. There isn't this set, perfect little formula like you wait five minutes and this is what happens. You wait 10 minutes and this is what happens. No, the scripture just says, wait. Some people, this happens where the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes right at conversion where they say they choose Jesus. And man, the Holy Spirit comes and fills them to overflowing and their experience is just life-changing and transformational. 
But sometimes people are waiting days, years, hours. It, it depends. God works in a mysterious way. But the truth is in this is that we're still to wait. God wants us to wait and wait for him. You know, it says, as we read about the Holy Spirit, then that there's this empowering, that he's a gift, but he comes and he gives gifts, and there's empowering. And just to highlight what that looks like, remember that as witnesses, God wants us to go and extend this kingdom. He didn't just come and restore the kingdom of Israel. He's coming to bring the kingdom of God. So heaven on earth through us, right? And he does it through the spiritual gifts, Gifts that come through the Holy Spirit. And you can read about them in Corinthians. And there's incredible things that God does here. And he gives things like words of wisdom and words of knowledge. And, you know, he gives us faith. And he allows people to be healed through faith. He works miracles and prophetic words come. There's so many things that God wants to do through the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I hope you have questions about that. And if you have questions, come and chat with us. Come and chat with Mike or myself or our team or your leaders or your connect group leaders. This is something we're passionate about. If we want all of what God has for us, we've got to learn to wait. And we've got to be hungry for the things of God and hungry for more of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask that we put a, just a picture up on the screen. And, you know, if you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, we've got wonderful resources. Mark has done some teaching for us in the School of the Bible on getting to know the Holy Spirit. And, and it wasn't a short 20-minute message like we're sharing here. This is a lot of teaching. And I want to encourage you, take some time and go and look. It's, when you go to our main page, go under School, and the drop-down menu, you're going to see, um, you're going to see, as you're seeing on the screen now, the option to be able to go in and watch some videos. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I really feel that we need to make some space. You know, we can teach and I'm teaching, but we need to make some space. As we were worshiping, even as we started, I felt the presence of God moving and I feel like God wants to move and the Holy Spirit wants to pour out now in our midst. Why should we wait for him? Because the kingdom of God wants to come. He wants to come in our lives. The Holy Spirit wants to come and bring his kingdom through us. When we read through history, we see that all of the great revivals, they all start with people that are so hungry and so willing and prepared to just wait. They just wait. They wait on him. You see, God responds to our expectation as we wait on him. I was thinking about this, that if he's commissioning us as his witnesses to be those that extend his kingdom, and he does that through us, scripture says that the Holy Spirit's the one that empowers us, that he's the helper, that he gives us spiritual tools. It means that really in our efforts then, without the Holy Spirit, that we are helpless, powerless, and toolless. Man, how could we ever fulfill the promises of God without him? He's worth waiting for. Just going to ask it in this moment. We want to respond. We want to respond. And I'm going to ask the team to play just a bit behind us. And before we jump into song, before we jump into worship, I'm going to ask wherever you're at, posture yourself to wait 
on God. This is an active waiting. This isn't passive. This is active. It's taking thoughts captive that are distracting and throwing them out. And it's focusing on the Holy Spirit. We want to wait on Him. I really believe that God is going to speak even now to you. Maybe it's through someone. Maybe it's to you directly. But whatever it, whatever it looks like for you to wait, if you want to stand, I want to encourage you to stand. If you feel that you need to kneel, kneel. If you want to sit, sit. So often we come to God with a laundry list of things that, <laughs> that we want to pray for, and they're valid and they're significant, but God already knows them before you wrote them down. We want to seek his face. Waiting is about seeking the face of God. Waiting demonstrates for us that we know who the Holy Spirit is and that we want more of him. running into the water and she wasn't expecting the sand to come up and she tripped she fell she skinned her knee she got scared she got hurt and it took her a while to be willing to go in deeper again I just as we were worshiping here I just this picture was coming to my mind and I just have the sense that that there's people here that you've you've wanted to go beyond ankle deep and in the spirit, you've had an experience where you've, where you've gone deeper, but something's happened. Something's happened. I don't know what happened, but something's happened, and it scared you, or it hurt you, and you're on the mound. You've kind of come out of that little shallow spot, and you're back on the sand, and you've been there for some time. 
I've just felt the Holy Spirit just hit me and he's just inviting you out. He's inviting you out and he's saying, trust me, trust me. What I have for you is good, trust me. If that's you, I just wanna encourage you wherever you are right now, respond to him, respond to him. Take a step forward. If that's you even right now and you need to you need to demonstrate that and actually take a step forward, stand up out of your seat, just take a step forward. Just as an act of obedience, wherever you are, if you're in your home and you need to do it, just take a step forward. I wanna encourage you. The Holy Spirit wants to move in your life and he's inviting you deeper. Come on, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. I can see him working, friends. I can see him touching people right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and speak. I'm just gonna back off the microphone and I'm gonna hand the service to Mike here in a minute. We're not gonna rush into worship right away. God is speaking. Let's hear what he's saying. Come, Holy Spirit.